0: CXS fans to the newest episode of the CXS podcast. I'm your host, Aiden Sandler, joined as always by the Batman to my Robin. It's, Kat, it's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how you doing? Man, I'll take it. After all this time,
1: maybe going to be called Batwoman or Ace the Wonderhound. She-Hulk.
0: She-Hulk. I mean, somehow in a Batman world. <laughs> but today, today I'm Batman. Uh, yeah, you deserve it. I mean, uh, Kevin's weak, puny immune system <laughs> wouldn't allow him to make it to the podcast this week. Uh, for so. those,
1: uh, you know, needing a peek behind the curtain, Kevin is... Uh, Kevin's
0: sick. It's, and I, well, he's got know.
1: red hair, and so those, those genes, they're, they're very susceptible to disease, <laughs> to be ravaged by disease. He's got the flu.
0: No, I don't know. He's, this is also when we drive to the podcast next
1: week. He can just start hitting me with a newspaper.
0: All yeah, the way he's probably. <laughs> we're probably gonna get get some deserved wrath for this uh, for this good natured ribbing that we're doing. But you know what? Uh, I'm for it because we have to smile about something, Eric. Because <laughs> not only is Kevin gone, but the Seahawks took, I think, one of the uh, most unsatisfying L's of the last couple years this week. I'm sorry, Nathan. You said we had something to smile about. We needed something, Samoa.
1: Oh, we needed. Yeah, we still do.
0: <laughs> still the, do.
1: The, the making fun of Kevin thing didn't do it for you. Wasn't enough. No, no, because it wasn't. It wasn't in my heart, and I'm still irritated <laughs> about the loss. Okay, so let's get
0: right into it. Let's start with the Seahawks offense. Okay, versus the Rams defense in this game. The Seahawks offense. Um, well, I don't think the offense played as bad as it seems on first glance. Twelve points looks really bad, um, <laughs> but. But Russell Wilson, I think, had a pretty efficient game. I don't think Carson was horrible. Thought it was just you know kind of ho hum game for him. How many carries did Carson have? He had Car- Chris Carson had 15 carries for 76 yards. And this is why I think the problem was is that it's hard to run up against this team in the middle because of Aaron Donald. Okay, and what's Chris Carson's bread and butter? It's hitting, up it, the hitting it between the tackles, and getting that extra three early, yards very early on in this game. Our field stretcher, our outside runner. Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny goes down with an injury, and I think it blew up a lot of what we were planning to do in this game. And if you look at the last couple weeks, we've been working those edges with with Rashad Penny, and it's really been Rashad Penny kind of growing into that role. And I do think that his injury had a big impact on this game um, right from the start, and it really affected the running game, and the running game just never did enough i mean you look at the total numbers and you might think 106 yards but 28 of that is a russell wilson quarterback carry and if you take out that quarterback carry i mean we're looking at 78 yards for 16 attempts that's just a very low output for this for the seahawks team we could not hold on to the ball we could not sustain drives and that's a bigger problem is that we went five of 14 on third down conversions that is Horrible. That's not good enough. You gotta get. You gotta get more of your third down conversions than that. If you want to plan. If you plan to win the game.
1: Five of fourteen, and I think what four? Three of those were ended in sacks. Yeah, it's bad. That's, and that's
0: a terrible thing to see. Five times sacked. We lost forty-three yards on sacks, and the, we had a couple classic Russell Wilson sacks where he just like, j- just I don't understand it. Well, he all. held
1: on to the ball. There was some, a couple coverage sacks, but also there were the three where they just came by, down on third down blitzed us
0: right up the middle and we couldn't handle it yeah you potty got kind of hammered in the on the inside in this game Man,
1: so we talked about that in the off season about how you potty would be um a replacement at left guard uh that like a steady hand a steady hand but would also he was probably going to do what um what our left guard did for us last year who went to the cardinals uh dirtbag what's his name yeah i know white guy anyway and it's I think it's gotten worse because Eupati is—he's not a steady hand. He's playing injured. He's always injured. This—I feel like we're trying to tape together parts of our offensive line, and this is an example where it doesn't and, work.
0: And one thing about Eupati is—is he's never been a good pass blocker. Like in his entire career, his pass blocking has been average to below average, for forever. But he's made up for it in the run game. He is was a greater in the run game. His first. Uh, Like six seasons with or five seasons with San Francisco, he was the graded out as the best run walk in league. And his first season in Arizona, he was excellent in the run game as well. And even back into the back end of his Arizona career, but this year, he is not getting it done in the run game either. And that's the problem for me is that, like, if you're, you got to be good at something. And he's not, he's not putting anything on the table. He's only taking things off. He's taking things off. Well, it's funny that you bring this up, Nathan. He's the guy at the potluck who comes through. He's he's taking everything. And you're like, what did you bring? And he just looks at you and he's like, what? He's Eric Ronebeck.
1: I understand what you're saying.
0: <laughs> Did you bring that bag of chips? Yep, that's all I brought. Uh,
1: At least he brought a bag of chips. I don't even think he brought a bag of chips. Dude. Yeah, but to be to truth be told, I'm taking those chips home with me. So we are not— <laughs> You're hoping it doesn't get open. Yeah, exactly. It's funny you bring this up because the Seahawks are meant to be a run-block team. We're not meant to be a pass-block team. And as we're moving more into a passing dynamic, a passing offense— I wonder if this is something the Seahawks will be sure to address in the offseason because you can see in no way are we meant to handle any sort of blitz packages. Uh, it's taped together with, you know what, we'll, we'll make it work. We'll get the ball out in two seconds. Sometimes you're going to take a sack, but this is how we're going to make it work. And if you're going to do it on a consistent basis, the Seahawks haven't figured out how to do that yet. Uh, mix that with our 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 dear tiny center that we have Jordan Roos, who's Joey Hunt. I'm sorry, Joey Hunt. Jordan Roos is the Jordan. Jordan Roos, the guy, yeah, guy I guy don't like. Joy Hunt, uh God God bless his soul. He has tiny tin. He, he
0: got blown up on so and many run gets, plays in this game. And we talked about like, this last we week. We only had like eighteen run snaps, but he was noticeably bad on and it. And he full, was gonna
1: get run. blown up because of the size of the defensive line. We called it, it wasn't hard to
0: call and it was right. Yeah, but he did he did okay on the team blocking on the inside on pass plays. Like I thought he had a decent game there, but uh then that left like, you know one of potty and Fluker working by themselves, and uh, that was a disaster, unmitigated disaster. So, you know, um, pros and cons. I guess. Yeah, I guess I, I don't know. Um, no,
1: going back to what you said about Rashad Penny going down and kind of screwing up our game plan. I think that's part of it. Uh, I do want to. I kind of want to address the the receiver issue right now. Malik, that Malik
0: Turner drop that was big time. Like if he if he catches that ball, this is like this game. The whole complex of this game completely changes, and it's just. Stuff like that, it drives me nuts because it, you're right. And I don't know, like, I understand Richard, I think it was Richard Sherman who said, you want to throw your your lesser, your four and five guys out there to run deep routes on cornerbacks and tire them out. So when you bring your ones in, they're tired and then it's easier for them to work those routes. Yeah. Wise but, like, man. but like Malik Turner, if you you can't be out there dropping the ball like that. And, and I think like Malik Turner, David Moore, Jaron Brown, those guys, like, they are not of high enough caliber, to to be playing regular snaps for the Seahawks. They just play they play too much. No, and DK uh, like Metcalf Turner, is... if he was like a you know special teamer, and then he got on for like four or five snaps a game, cool. But he got three targets in this game. He had more targets that he had like one less target than Josh Gordon. He had like he had he was the second, uh, third most targeted wide receiver on the team. It's just I don't get it. We need another guy. I think they're to trying to make in.
1: Malik Turner that guy right now, because he had a big play a few weeks ago. Uh, they wanted to kind of give him that opportunity. I think he's squandering it right now. DK Metcalf is a big body. He's got a lot of talent, but he's had more than his fair share of drops I mean, this season. DK
0: Metcalf, this game was awesome, though. Six no, it was catches, great. six targets, six catches, 78 yards, three first downs, and he had the broken tackles on that one play that was just like, very, very good. It was uh, awesome. Two penalties. That's a little. Eh, that's, he's but, young. I'll, uh, he like one you was said, a really boneheaded He's a thing. developing talent, though. We, we should not be expecting anything more than what we are currently getting for DK Metcalf. In fact, I would say he has outstripped most people's expectations yes. at this point. Um, right now, we're looking at, what, he has 783 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, so he's going to finish the season with between 900 and 1,000 yards yards, and then five, eight, six, seven, eight touchdowns. That's a very good season. That's a great season. Um, And I mean, if we, that puts us on a trajectory here where, you know, maybe two years from now, DK Metcalf is a legitimate number one receiver and, and one of the biggest big play threats in football. But there, the Josh Gordon thing. It is not working out quite as good as I expected. You think so? Because, what, this is his third game with the Seahawks? Yeah, two, two receptions, 34 yards uh, on four targets. He just doesn't look um, super fast. <laughs> okay. The, the flash part is, is gone. <laughs> I don't really understand. He, he's, he's good. He uses his body really well, and he's really big. Um, there's something good for DK to learn from him, and I do think that from that perspective, I'm glad he's here, because if he's working with DK, and, like, that's a guy that DK could become. DK could become peak Josh Gordon if he if he learns from him. Yeah. So so that's that's kind of I like it from that perspective. I like that he's around, but he's just not this. He's just not the same. Josh Gordon got cut by the Patriots for a reason. Yeah. Okay. And
1: I don't know if you're going to see that speed from him. I don't know what it is with Josh Gordon. I don't know if it's all mental, but some the mental. Patriots are
0: desperate for wide receivers, so you yes, know they something's are. actually Yeah, wrong.
1: you know something's going on. Yeah. There's a little behind-the-curtain we don't know there. I'll say this, though. This is his third game playing with the Seahawks. We open it up a little more to him, different routes, as opposed to just doing quick slants in the first game. The second game, this one, he ran some different routes. I wouldn't be surprised if we threw him out there for a full set of routes, uh, opening up the route tree even more next week against Carolina. Uh, I think you're going to want to do that, especially given the game we just had.
0: I would say give your Josh Gordon criticism a week off. I'm just worried. I'm just – you know, like I said, I just think he doesn't look – he doesn't look fast. He looks good, serviceable, but I would like that he was our fourth or fifth wide receiver coming on for every couple plays every once in a while when we need a, a real, something specific.
1: Well, we don't have that because our fast guy is – And Tyler Lockett's dinged up, man. I was going to say, Tyler Lockett is – that's who I'm referring to. He's still hurt. Uh, he's, he's also shown signs of getting better. He had that contusion. Then he had the flu. This is his first game back where he's supposedly healthy. He did, Again, he see look, what he does this week. He
0: didn't week. look bad. I'm not like, I'm not like, no, he had four receptions for 68 yards. 43. And four for, four, four for 43, six on six targets. Only one first down. The interception was targeted to him. Um, not that, on him That was either. a garbage time play. Like that wasn't like something he did or anything. Desperation. Um, it was just desperation. He, uh, Penny, one reception for 22 yards, and I do think we're going to miss him quite a bit. I think Pen- this was starting to become the weapon we all wanted when we drafted yeah. him in the first round. He's finally looking like he can stretch the field. We get him into space, and he's just electric in space, and uh, it's over. Uh, see, you next- f- see you next year, Rashad. And uh, I- and it was a weird injury, too. Like It didn't look like... You know, uh, it's like one just, of those weird, weird things that, where a guy just randomly gets hurt. And I'm hoping that he's not walking the pro-size path here. That's what I'm starting to get afraid of because he keeps picking up these naggy little injuries. And I don't I don't really know what to, what to make of it. Cause well, of, and who I, knows if he'll be ready for the start of next year. You maybe. think he will, but this is a knee injury. He got 186 snaps last year. <sighs> he got 150 this year. Like, is he just a guy that we can't count on, do you think?
1: I don't know. It's kind of hard to say right now. I am more concerned. What are we going
0: to be doing in the meantime?
1: Are we putting the Ferrari CJ Pro size in mm. on those routes? <laughs> he did not look. Good he has not looked like the Ferrari in like six weeks. He had the one rush and he got what like two yards. And I, I was. Uh, do you start to do you start to mess around with Travis Homer in this situation? I,
0: he's he's a gunner on special teams, but is this where you I put him you in do, now? You get into CJ Anderson's Twitch stream and you say, hey, <laughs> we need. You, C.J. Anderson. We C. know you can catch. J. We know you weigh three hundred pounds. Let's go, C.J. Anderson. On. Yeah, he's bring str- it. You can watch him on it, play video games right now. He's just playing video games. Wow. Maybe I'll look
1: him up when I get home. Yeah, pretty sweet. What's uh, Justin Forsett doing? Uh, That's a joke. That's a joke. Uh, it's A joke. Oof. No, there's some um, there's some definite concerns in our running game because Chris Carson can. He can be fine. He's a great runner, but if you want that two-pronged attack and I th- we don't have that second It does prong. seem
0: like that that we finally kind of hit our stride there where we were, you know, between the tackles, you get you get a healthy dose of Carson. Maybe a penny runner once in a while, to keep everyone honest. And maybe you work Carson in the pass game every once in a while. You got to keep other teams honest. You can't let them know exactly what's going to happen. This is what what the problem with the New England Patriots offense is running into right now is that when Sony Michel's in the game, you load up that box because you know they are almost definitely going to run. And when James White's in the game, you clear out because you know yeah. they're about to pass. And it's like, we, didn't, we, didn't, we weren't becoming that. We were being smart. And I do really appreciate that. But it's um, And it would always rough. make you
1: nervous when Chris Carson would run off to the edge. Because you'd know it would be maybe a three-yard loss, maybe a three-yard game, but
0: it wouldn't be busted out in an open space. You know, there's a guy that we could go sign that, uh, that's pretty good, that played football last year. What you heard, you heard What joke name? What joke? It's, it's not a joke. Okay. His name give it is Marshawn Lynch. He what?
1: just he doesn't want to would be that, part of this team.
0: Would that be the greatest thing though? Like wouldn't you be the How excited would you be on a scale of 1 to 10? 10 being, you know, the most.
1: Maybe maybe 10, maybe 8 though. I might be 11. He's man, he's old and he doesn't want to play he was here. He's still pretty decent, He's last year. mad at Pete Carroll. Yeah, he is. He it's, really is. He came nice. out in an interview and he <clears throat> he and, said
0: all the things we thought and yeah. he's right. He's right. Yeah, pizza, pizza, stubborn dude, and it. it I don't know it, what happened. Is they couldn't adjust. The, the, this is a classic Pete Carroll thing where they struggle with adjustments. And I think they had a game plan that was Rashad Penny centric. He gets hurt, and they struggled to adjust to what they needed to do. And that offense did not get going in the first half at all. It was just, it was re, it was a big time. Struggle. More
1: importantly, to your adjustment concept though, is that we didn't we didn't do anything in the second half either, and we're a second half team. We had no answers the entire game. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know if it's lack of weapons. I don't know if it's. Uh, I am kind of concerned about our injuries. receiving core right now. We talked about Malik Turner being in there, getting too many snaps. We talked about Tyler Lockett not being 100. percent lot being thrown on DK. Josh Gordon is is not who we want him to be yet.
0: We're throwing the ball a lot to David Moore. Can I tell you how much I hate that? Yeah, there was an article on fieldgoals.com today about how like plays that target David Moore are among the worst. I think Mookie Alexander wrote it. It's like it, targeting David Moore is the worst thing you can do, uh, because he's like sub fifty percent completion percentage, yeah. and he, he it reminds me of like late late era Jermaine Curse where if the ball's getting thrown his way, it's just not. Or any time we threw the ball to Ricardo Lockett, yeah, just like you're not, you're not catching it.
1: No, and it, and when he comes down with a catch, you're like, oh, he did it, but I don't want to see it again.
0: Yeah. so it's it's like tough because David Moore, it's it's hard to like be super hard on him because what what should your expectations expectations? really be for the 226th pick in the draft who went to East Central Oklahoma? Like, Should I really expect that much from him? And the the answer is no. No, No, you should not. But they are expecting a lot from him because last year he got 632 snaps. And this year he's going to get another 400 snaps. And it's like, okay, apparently the Seahawks are expecting a lot of him. Or... Like you said, they're not taking talent acquisition at this position group very seriously. And do, would this be a different team if Will Disley and Doug Baldwin were here? 100%. Absolutely. And I think that that might be part of the problem is we did not plan a very, we did not plan enough for the succession for Doug Baldwin. Uh, drafting DK was a good first step, but there probably should have been a second step to that. And there, let's be honest, we got Josh Gordon, but there, that was like a the fell into our lap thing. There was no real plan second step except for Russ trying to talk the team into and designing Antonio Brown. That's like the only thing I've heard at all that says that there was any kind of push to get another guy. I Antonio think Russ, Brown still out there. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason. Uh <laughs> Russ knows that he needs another dude. Like he knows. He's aware. We need one more talented receiver to really make everything click and it, whether that's Disley or whether that's uh someone we pick up in free agency next year or maybe a draft pick for next year. But right now the team as constructed is probably one passing threat short. And maybe they were starting to find it in Penny or maybe Disley was the guy, but it's it's like every time it seems like we're just getting there, something happens that kind of makes the wheels start to fall off a little bit. We
1: don't have, <clears throat> pardon me, we don't have a, a group of guys that are gonna knock you out, but I think we had a group of guys that Pete said, this is gonna work and it's gonna work well. And then we lost three of those guys. And then John Ursua did not pan out, at least not yet, probably maybe ever. Gary Jennings Jr., not panning out. These are guys that we circled on preseason like, wow, this guy guy might actually take Doug Baldwin's spot. We talked about that on the show. I don't want to talk about that. That's embarrassing. All right. Can we Uh, talk about
0: Russell Wilson? Russell Wilson was good in this game. Not great, but good. Uh, I think it's tough. He's put in a hard spot. And uh, they put a lot on his shoulders in this game. He doesn't and, have a lot of time to throw, and he 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 threw the ball well. Sixty one point one percent completion percentage. You know, twenty two for thirty twenty two for thirty six. Got two hundred forty five yards. It's a little less yards per attempt than I would like, but it's not horrible, especially considering how desperate we were at the, desperately we were throwing at the end of the game. But like you said, he was pressured on sixteen of his forty five dropbacks, and on those sixteen dropbacks, he went two for 9, 19 yards in the pick. The 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 lack of protection killed him in this game. If when he was not pressured, twenty for twenty-seven, eight point four yards per attempt, two hundred and twenty-six yards. That's an elite, elite, elite level NFL performance. But we can't keep him clean, and we paid for it. And that's that's what happens. You you can't just you know let him get buried like that. And we did.
1: Well, it's, it's And
0: it's part part of it is guys aren't getting open. You know no. what I mean? He's he's holding to the ball. A and long that goes time.
1: back to the talent because he's holding on to the ball because our guys can't get open. Maybe that's a scheme issue. Maybe it's a talent issue. I think it's a mix between the two because you should probably scheme towards your talent. All right. Can we go to the defense? Yes. All right. Quandre Diggs is awesome. Everyone else sucks. <laughs>
0: is, that, is that... Clowney had a down game. Quandre Diggs is the man. Yeah. Quandre That Quandre Diggs trade, another guy who just fell into our lap. And yeah, Clowney had a down game, but I mean, he was doubtful coming into the game with that core injury, and I do think it had an impact on his level of play. Uh, Quandre, though, man, played 68 snaps, <laughs> got the two picks. Uh... You know, four t- four tackles. He was in. He was in a bunch of plays. He's a hitter. He's a thumper, which I really like. It, you know, it's a, he's small, but he really gets in there. He and plays. Makes it this this sounds like stupid old man ism, but he plays big. And I could totally imagine next year going into the season with like Diggs and Blair, just like heavy hitters, and both those guys can also back out and play single high, so we can play a little bit of games with our defense and disguise what we're doing. I'm totally alright you know, with that, which is a super cool thing that's available. But I think there's a player in this game. They're not a bad player, okay, but I think there's someone there's something we need to talk about. Please do, um, Bobby Wagner.
1: Oh, Bobby Wagner interesting.
0: was targeted 11 times in the pass game, and gave up 11 receptions for 158 yards and a touchdown. Wow, did not know that stat. Um, he was targeted seven more times than any other Seahawks play, uh, player, okay, and and then he was targeted and that was against a bunch of different guys. He was covering. Tyler Hibby twice, Robert Woods three times, Cooper Cup twice, and Todd Gurley four times. So it's not like one dude. They sought out whoever Bobby was guarding and went after Bobby Wagner, and it was very successful. Eleven catches, eight first downs. Like that is absurd. Um, he got six run stops. He had eleven tackles. He was solid in the run game. But when we we are hanging him out to dry with the way we're using him in coverage right now. Oh yeah. And it is not like because Bobby Wagner sucks but we have asked him to do something different this year, and I think it. we are paying the price for it. His coverage grade on Pro Football Focus is 44.3, his run defense grade is 90.3, his tackling grade is 81.5, and his pass rush grade is 80.6. He is still excellent at all of their facets of football, but the, our defense has changed a little bit, and we are asking him to cover way too much, and in a way that is not making him successful. He passes targeting Bobby Wagner this year on the total. 62 catches, 731 yards, 117.5 rating. Gross. That is that is a lot of times targeted, and that is not good stats. And I love Bobby. I think Bobby is going to be in the Ring of Honor. He is an all-time 100%. great Seahawk. But like this is the way we're using him right now is not the best way to use Bobby Wagner.
1: Does this go with how much we've been leaning on the linebackers? To so cover, in, a, in a we're
0: leaning on them to cover way too much. In a
1: Michael list game, by the way, we finally got one. And we still had a way to get beat by our linebackers. I
0: mean, it's, it's, you say like that. Okay. You say like, oh, we played a Michael Kendricks this game. Slot cornerback, Akeem King, played eight snaps in this game. Yeah. Delano O'Hill came in to play big, big nickel with an extra safety for three snaps. We saw as, we saw almost as much Ben Burkervan as we did Del- Delano O'Hill on our base defense. They didn't, they did not change what they did at all. They just said, okay, Cody Barton's going to play 56 snaps. Cody Barton, who, Pete says is the best coverage guy, almost one of the best coverage guys on the team. Well, you know he got targeted twice and gave up two catches on both of those uh, for for twenty four yards. Like it wasn't like he was good out there in coverage. We got killed, and and to be honest with you, Cody Barton, um, yeah, he's. I was not like super into the. Why the, are we using our linebackers in this way?
1: We have Why? really tal-
0: talented linebackers. Uh, if we, we it, use yeah, them I correctly, they, I think that we just don't have Justin Coleman anymore, and Pete Carroll is stubborn and wants to get his best talent onto the field, and he doesn't realize that he is legitimately killing his football team by doing by doing yeah. it this way. He's like, yes, yes. Do I think that Cody Barton is probably better than Akeem King or or uh, Ugo Amadi or whoever you'd play at nickel corner? Yeah, that's probably true, but that shouldn't that shouldn't factor in as much as it is. And it shouldn't shape your you team. You don't. You don't. You good football teams, good defenses, they don't they don't just throw the same thing at every team and say, "Oh, go ahead and beat this." Unless you have other worldly talent like Legion of Boom era Seahawks, yeah. mm-hmm. where we came out and we said, "Hey, you know what? We got Michael Bennett, we got Cliff Averill, we got Bobby Wagner, we got KJ Wright, we got Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, and Richard Sherman." You know what? We this is our defense. Beat this, and most teams couldn't. And you know why? Cuz those guys are all half of those guys are Hall of Famers, maybe more. And so yeah, it's it's real it's real tough for me to to kind of come to terms with that. This is not a all Hall of Famer defense. I mean, this defense created 11 pressures in this game and didn't get a sack again. We're back to that. They they only I mean like one guy was really great in coverage in this game, Quandre Diggs. Everyone else looked mediocre to subpar.
1: Yeah, he looked like um, the only one who came to play. And Jadavian Clowney, I think we. We can't fault him in this game because we put so much on him and he's given us so much. Ugh, this is just a
0: really bad game. And Shaq Griffin had like the one bad or one or two bad catches. But other than that, they they avoided Shaq Griffin. They said like, we're not throwing at that guy. We're not going to let, we don't need to, we can ignore him completely because we'll just come after Bobby Wagner and we'll come after KJ Wright, who was targeted three times. And we'll, we'll come after Cody Barton, who's targeted twice. They only targeted our cornerbacks six times out of the 28 passes. Like most, every other target went at someone else. They didn't need to come after our cornerbacks. Well, and Higby made a mess of the Seahawks defense on the field.
1: And those are from short passes that he then takes for big yards. And that's the whole we're going to give you. This is what Pete Carroll did I mean, in the Super Bowl. We're gonna... wh- who
0: was worse, Higby or Robert Woods, man? They both killed us. <sighs> Woods lit us and up. Cooper Cup had the f- four receptions. He looked pretty good in this game. I team. expect
1: that from Cooper Cup. He's all over the field. Last year they used him in such a good way that this year it kind of took him a while to figure that out again. They're, they've been hit and miss. But if he, with Pete Carroll, this is what he likes to do. He gives you yards. He's just not going to give you deep yards. So he's like, yeah, yeah no. you can nickel and dime us all, all day long. But now what we're doing is we're giving up that and short pass, and then they're going for 20 more yards. And I
0: do think part of his plan is, you're right, like let them nickel and dime us, don't give up a big play. Cond- and then when the field gets condensed down at the end of the, you know, when the field gets condensed inside the red zone, make a stop, get up, give up three points. Like that is legitimately something yes. I think that this team does try to do. It's that bend but don't break mentality. And – um and that's, that's probably what we're That's not gonna work though that's when, the Robert, talent that we have. when you can just throw it to Robert Woods every time. All seven of Robert Woods' catches went for first downs. Like he moved they they can move the chains at will with by throw by just throwing it to Robert Woods. You know, that kind of stuff is makes all more difficult. And when you can target matchups like they did, like they just went after Bobby Wagner a ton in this game. When you can target a matchup like that, that that's a problem. And that's we talk
1: a, about Jared Goff not being a great quarterback and maybe being a, a sneaky, bad quarterback over the last couple of years, he's looked pretty good, but people who break down stats will say, actually, Jared Goff isn't all that good. Well, this is an example of the season where you say Jared Goff isn't that good because he's struggled quite a bit. But in a game where he has guys that he can throw to at will, where Sean McVay came up with an excellent coaching plan, a great stat- strategy against this defense,
0: and worked to a tee, you can't argue facts. Yeah, in, in the intermediate passing game between 10 and 20 yards... Jared Goff went nine for nine, with a tu- <laughs> with a tu- with a touchdown, and a hundred and fifty something yards. I don't want to do- I don't want to do math. I'm just too mad. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> hundred and fifty eight yards.
1: Uh, what else do we want to talk about in this game? Anything? Uh, Jason Myers is back to being shitty. Um, was he? He missed an extra point. Okay. How
0: dare you? Uh, I, punt Hub is okay. I to say I don't, I don't feel like Jason Myers. He made to he made the two field goals. Knocked him through 30 to 39 yards. He's still pretty automatic from those distances. I'd say he's an average NFL kicker. Yeah. I mean,
1: he's going to miss, he's going to miss easy,
0: easy kicks. He's going to miss a kick. Just like everyone else. But, but there's like, at this point, there's like five guys in the league that I trust to make the kick every time, maybe even less. Like, yeah. Justin Tucker, and then I don't know who the next Justin guy Tucker, is. Justin Tucker, Will Lutz, yeah, there's uh, a- Harrison Butker, the end. Yeah, there's just That's not it. there's just not that many guys that I totally trust. And it's and, not like you can go pick those guys up. Yeah, and they're not available and they're expensive. So and our guy is fine. He's not not great, not terrible. He's just he's just a dude. Yeah, I don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything else on this game. Um, yeah, kind of it I,
1: was a winnable game that we kind of coughed up. I think it was road. a win. I'll say this: it was a winnable game. But going back, looking at the, what the Rams have done this year, they started slow. They actually have a good defense. Look at them over the last seven games. They have a good defense. They played the Ravens and Lamar Jackson in that time period. That guy's lighting everyone up. The Ravens have had good pass rush. They played great defense in those games. This, I'm not saying we should have lost this game, but this was a completely losable game, and we lived up to that. Um, we just We didn't see it that way because we were so hot. And we looked at all the things we should be doing, and we just didn't execute. L.J.
0: Collier got onto the field in this game for nine snaps. Man. I, I rewatched all nine of those all snaps. All pro L.J. Collier? And, um, yep, he was on the field for those nine snaps. That's my review of L.J. Collier. You
1: game. know why L.J. Collier isn't doing well? Because <laughs> he was, Pete Carroll and John Schneider have guys fall into the lap all the time, so we need to have a
0: terrible draft pick every once in a while. Russell Wilson, I mean, think about it. I don't, he I'm fell gonna, into our lap. I'm going to withhold judgment because Rasheem Green is, seems to be turning the corner, at least in the run game. And Rasheem looks, Green look, looks, looked like he had promise in his first season. Yeah. RJ I mean, like, Collier looks like he may or may not play every week. I mean, yeah. That's the best thing you can say. He's like a healthy scratch a lot of yeah. the time. But uh, but yeah, I want to withhold judgment a little bit, but man, it just, it's not off to a promising start. Let's just say that. Uh, Rasheem Green had a good special teams game, too. Uh, okay. You want to move on to, to next week? I do, I do. To, you want to get into... I want to this. eat my dessert, man. I'm here for pie. You're here for pie? All right. Well, the Seahawks, this week, they... Uh, do they are we home or are they we They travel home? to so, Carolina. We're going it's to our, Carolina. It's a road game. It's our last 10 a.m. game. Okay. I hope. And I'm just going to tell you, Carolina is terrible. They're not good at... They don't do anything well. 25th in DVOA in offense, 23rd in DVOA in defense, 26th in DVOA in special teams. There's not one thing that this team is doing well anymore. Their quarterback is Kyle Allen. They fired their like legendary coach Riverboat Ron, who I think was. Then they did a whole, you love. Then they did a whole week of interviews where everyone just talked about how great Ron Rivera was, and I was like, well, why did you fire him then? That's dumb. Yeah, I read an article when they fired him. Why they got rid of Ron Ver- Rivera mid-season? And the article was more or less a big shrug emoji. It was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they should have just. I mean, they said they wanted to give him an opportunity to start interviewing as soon as possible, which is cool, I guess. Um, but I don't know wh- who's even trying to hire a coach right now. The Carolina is 30th in passing offense DVOA and 7th in rushing offense. Obviously, we all know Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Pretty decent. Um, that's the guy you got to watch out for. <clears throat> on defense, Carolina is 8th in pass defense and 32nd 30 second in, in rush run.
1: defense. Come on. So I
0: can tell you what's going to happen in this game already. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna run Chris Carson down their throats and beg them to stop him. And Luke Keekly's having kind of a uh, rev, a reverse of what we just talked about with Wagner, where he's kind of being mis-ca- misused and uh, it's kind of hurting his his uh, his pass. His what, why can't I talk right now? Because you're so frustrated. I'm so mad. I'm my. my
1: uh... Is he having a reverse season or a similar season?
0: Well, it's just his his ability to to run defend. Oh is, yeah, he's. Uh is uh, his passing grade is fine, is but not, his he's run, doing, running grade is not awful. like he can't like carry the whole team by himself and it is like eighty. So it's like it's like low for him. And the other thing is that's like their only good defensive player. <laughs> I was
1: gonna say look at their studs on defense and their studs no longer are guys that have moved on. It's
0: just Keekly. Yeah. That's it. It's like a one man it's like a one man show over there. How's Shaq is Shaq Thompson doing? Shaq Thompson. Is he still on that team? Yeah. Their second best defender is Gerald yeah. McCoy, who is like a thousand years old. Yeah a well, new actually a new you edition. know what he's only thirty one but his knees <laughs> are, are like 42. <laughs> exactly. yeah. um, they're getting a pretty good season out of safety. Trey Boston, a guy that we th- talked about is like inexplicably stayed unsigned for like way too long. Um, and he's having another really good season and that's it. That's their, that's their whole defense. So uh, yeah, just avoid those guys, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's my, <laughs> that's my review of, uh, of how to face them They They don't get good. They don't get good pass rush. Um, they don't, they don't create gear pressure. I mean, Mario Addison has 11 sacks, but it's on a completely unsustainable 42 pressures. Like, you don't get a sack every four pressures. He's he's getting a little, a little okay, a lot lucky to have that. Um, they have rookie Brian Burns, who's been, um, you know, surprisingly decent. They have Brent Bruce Irvin's corpse. He'll be there. Um,
1: I expect the Carolina Panthers to get to Russell Wilson probably three times during the game. I think that's fair, given our offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think Christian McCaffrey's probably going
0: to have a ninety to a hundred yard day with thing. short passes. I think passes. we can slow him down because Bob, Bobby's been awesome against the run so far this season. As much as I as much as I buried him for like how he's struggling in coverage, his run defense is incredible this year. House, uh, pro house... fo- pro football focus rating, ninety point three on the season, which having over ninety is like pretty crazy. Um if I if you look at his um run stop percentage among lineback- like linebackers who play a starting number of snaps he's fourth in the league. So, he's been elite 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 at stopping the run. Um, How's KJ? KJ? That's
1: that's where I'm at because the eye to, test tells don't me, to, me that KJ. I don't want to talk is, it about it. Yeah, KJ is not doing so well. <laughs> McCaffrey will hit us on the edges. It's going to happen. They are also going to need to dump it down. We are susceptible to the screen just KJ, because KJ's every still, team
0: is. KJ still a spectacular. How do you feel about that? That he's re- what? He's still a very sure tackler.
1: Sure how's tackler. For, how's that for a review of K.J. That's, Wright's season so far? That's great. How is how is Eric you, get uh, running? He's very this, good at putting on his shoes. Let's
0: talk about K.J. Wright. Do you think K.J. Wright is a part of any long-term plans the Seahawks have now at this point? Or is this kind of... Are we looking at like a swan song for K.J. Wright right now? I think he's probably going to be a, a third
1: linebacker for us because we have him for, what, two more years? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Give me a second. Yeah, if, if you want to look that up. I think that you're going to input Cody Barton
0: in K J Wright's role and then move K J into third. We can, we can cut him out after this year and save almost all of the cap room. He would only count two point five million against next year's cap if we cut him. And if we keep him he's eight and a half million. Then so, so that's kinda that's kinda swan swan song. Of a, a lot this should be a saving. Swan song then because he's not doing very well and I don't
1: know who's I don't know why you'd keep him if you're trying to free up money. We are going to be looking at building this team for a Super Bowl run. With the players we that have. That is crazy. He,
0: I don't think KJ Wright's going to be back next year. I think you're right. That $8.5 is kind of a lot. Eight and a half is a lot, man. Think about
1: that. Of all the people, you could sign one guy. eight and a half right there cutting KJ keeps all the bonuses able to be paid out. Because that's something the Seahawks have to think about. Russell has all this bonus money if he becomes MVP, goes to the Pro Bowl, makes it to the divisional round. All these things become payouts, and they keep that cushion there to keep the, the cap from going over. KJ's alone will take care of that. Yeah. Sorry, KJ.
0: That's tough. That's tough. It's uh
1: But we're gonna want someone to
0: pair with Quandre Co- Diggs. We have, Cody, we have Cody Barton coming up, so I think and they think they're really confident in his ability. The the big the big push next year will probably be to get a nickel cornerback. Today, Cody Barton, Ben Burvin. To kind of fill in that that gap that's that's a very obvious hole that we have right now and then we're trying to trying to fill. So yeah, you we're know, we talking about Quandre th- maybe doing that, but I don't see it. Nope, not at this point. Not at this, at this point, point, they see him as a safe, uh, the replacement, their future at safety. Which you is think you know what that works. He's very good. What about Ugo at nickel? Do you think that's a a likely? I thought that was a long term goal of theirs, but yeah, that's why we thought we got him. Does Pete does Pete not trust him? I don't know. I don't. It's know. has got there's got to be a reason. That's got to be it.
1: I mean, we can't we can only I don't guess know why so he doesn't much.
0: return punts. David Moore is punt returner is uh, well. <laughs> I don't know. I, I get most excited when he goes out and Fair catches it because whenever he runs it, he always <laughs> seems to go backwards first. It's it seven me. yards. It's like it like it's like he ends up getting five yards, but he get it takes him twenty five yards of running to get yes. five yards. It's one of those, he's and I'm always like, no, no, no. It's like very all David Moore punt returns are very stressful. Yeah,
1: i never worried about him taking it to the house. <laughs> <laughs> and by worried, I mean I'm always disappointed that he's take, he's never going to take it to the house.
0: I just I think that there's a lot of skies falling on Seahawks Twitter this week, a lot of things and oh, well, there's I think so game, many I had people texting me like I could read you the text, it's ridiculous. And I don't see
1: this team beating the Niners or even the Packers. We're the worst ten team this is my my buddy at work, we're the worst ten win team in the history of the NFL. <laughs> well, really? I mean, have you watched this year's Green
0: Bay Packers? Yeah. Calm down. Their defense is uh their their defense is fraudulent. Cool like, it. As 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 much as I think our defense is like kind of letting me down sometimes, their defense is, is much worse. And Russell Wilson is playing much better than Aaron Rodgers. Let's just call a spade a spade. Yeah, like, and what's Aaron Rodgers' excuse? They have uh, uh,
1: Aaron Jones, who live, is... Laugh. Lafleur. Le Le Lafleur. <laughs> Les <laughs> imposteurs. Lafleur. Le uh-huh, French coach. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it's funny, uh, Aaron Jones has had great games, and he's also had very last-season Aaron Jones games. And I think mm. about the teams that Seahawks have lost to.
0: New Orleans? Good. Really good. Really great team. Uh, uh, Balt- excellent coach Baltimore. team. Uh, best team in the good. league. Really good team. Uh, the Rams, I think... Rams are a solid team, solid team.
1: who <laughs> may make the playoffs. Yeah, the don't, defense is better than people
0: think. The offense is, has struggled, been up and down. But when the offense is going, they are a difficult team to beat. And if they make the playoffs, I don't think anyone wants to play them. And they have the defense that can they can play
1: games close. Like
0: if they catch up to Minnesota, a team that I think that they are just as good as, you know, if they can, if they can catch up to Min- Minnesota, that's a... That's like a, a team that—both those teams are teams no, no three-seed wants to play Minnesota or the Rams.
1: No, and I guess that's what's frustrating is we beat the Vikings. That was a tough game, mm-hmm. and we lost to the Rams.
0: Damn it. Are you kidding Our me? Our schedule's really difficult this year. The Seahawks have played a really difficult schedule. They've navigated it to 10-3, and 3, and now we have a chance to play some pretty bad teams, Carolina and Arizona, and put ourselves in a position to win a, win a, win a bye at home against San Francisco that it that's really all you can ask for you can't you can't expect more than that from this team and I mean like I said the teams we lost to New Orleans Baltimore like these are not it's not like we coughed them coughed one up to like a horrible football team
1: no and we get really (laughs) we get excited for like that masterful year where we're gonna go you know 12 and 4 and you know, be the best team in the league. It's very likely we get to at least twelve wins this season. Twelve wins is a big deal. Did you think we get yeah. there at the beginning of the season? No. At the beginning of the season, who was our pick?
0: I was like, we're gonna go Rams? 10. I was like, we're gonna Rams. Yeah, I said Rams are gonna win eleven or twelve games and we're gonna go like ten and six. 10, or
1: you, uh, nine also, and seven. you were very you were very you were writing that nine and seven, and I right. was like, Yeah, that's probably
0: true, Nathan. That sucks. I mean, in, if you look at our point differential, like what's the difference between us? We could easily be Seven and six. Uh, right now. That, I don't want to talk but, about that. But like it's, <laughs> but it's like we've had a, we've had a lot of things go our way, and it's because our quarterback's really good, and and he's playing at an MVP level, and, and we've, that and that matters a lot. We saw, we've seen it for many years with Green Bay. You know, Aaron, I said Aaron Rodgers is worse than Russell Wilson now, but back in the day, Aaron Rodgers would just all of a sudden, you know, the games would be close, and then he, he'd get, a, you'd he'd get the ball with three minutes left, and you'd go, oh. Aaron Rodgers is gonna score. And I think that's how most Seahawks fans feel about Russell Wilson now. If we get the ball down four with three minutes left, don't you feel like we're gonna win? I feel awesome every single time. And it's like and it's like watching this game, I was shocked that we didn't score on the final drive. That's what it's like to have an elite quarterback though. To have an elite quarterback, you that you just get you get yourself into these situations and you you get to push yourself over the top. And I mean we beat San Francisco just the same way. Like when we got the ball at that last overtime drive and there was hardly any time left, I was like I think we can we're still going to score. We still have a chance Might to win well. this game, which is crazy because we shouldn't have a chance to win this game. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. It's uh you can you can complain a lot about the Seahawks, but at the end of the day, every top team in the NFL this year has flaws. San Francisco quarterback sucks. Uh Baltimore, they're is the is the team with the least flaws? But I think you can you can beat the you can beat their defense. I don't know
1: if Lamar uh, Jackson New England, can win in the
0: playoffs. New England Tom Brady's a thousand years old. Yes, the Chiefs' defense has, has holes. Patrick uh, Mahomes has shown sign of wear and tear. The Saints are all over the place. They'll inexplicably lose games to like the Falcons. So you never know what you're getting there. And then you know you work your way down from there. Now we're at the actual teams with Minnesota special teams is horrible. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys have the worst coach in the league. They're the terrible, <laughs> terrible team. Uh, you know that. So all these teams that could potentially win the title are flawed, and what we need is, I think the buys are going to matter a lot. Um, you are seven times more likely to win the Super Bowl if you get a buy than if you don't. That's like um, based on who you know who won the Super Bowl. So that's huge. If we get a, if we can win out, get the buy, we put ourselves in a position to win the Super Bowl. But I don't think this is the team that can go on the road three times in a row. And win the Super Bowl. It just it just seems like it's a it's a road too far. So every game matters a lot at this point. And if they lay an egg in Carolina this week, next week's podcast I'm gonna probably say something very different to what I'm saying now. Which is right now I think there's a reason to be hopeful because we hold our own destiny in our own hands to getting to the one or two seed. You know, and because we have we have a tiebreaker, we would win the tiebreaker against Green Bay I think um, right now. And we so if we ended up tied with them, and we would in a three-way tiebreaker, we win against New Orleans, so like, and and Green Bay, so we would be the one seed if Wait, we we would would a three-way tiebreaker we, we
1: wouldn't win over New Orleans because they beat us.
0: No, in a three-way tiebreaker. On oh, so, 3 and, and, okay. and if we just end up tied with New Orleans, that means we probably got the two seed. That's fine. So I'm okay with that. Like all I want is the buy. I'm willing to go into the Superdome for the second game and then play the Super Bowl. That's for
1: anybody fun. that's freaking out about this game against the Rams, we talked about why it's okay we lost it because the Rams have a great defense. Yeah, we laid an egg. It sucked. Every team is losing, but here are the facts: We have three games left, one game away, two home in that order. After this Carolina game, there is a serious possibility that we will not be playing another road game until we get to the Super Bowl. Think about that. If we can,
0: that week seventeen game against San Francisco. If we went out, that's a reality. Potentially, the the, it's a playoff game. That that week, that week seventeen game against San Francisco. That that's a playoff game, and and they need. they need to win that game, and a lot of fans might look at it and say, "Like, oh, we lost, but we're still in the playoffs. We get, we'll just go beat Dallas. Sure, you go beat Dallas in the first round, but then that second round game is going to be hard. Yeah, Minnesota, Green Bay, to go on the road, against, Bay, go on the road against like New Orleans, go on the road against San Francisco. Francisco. You don't want to, you don't want to go on the road to Green. You don't want to go go on the road to Green Bay in January. We saw that snow game yeah, a couple years ago. That was a nightmare.
1: None of that. I don't want to see any of that. I want a home game. We deserve a home game. And frankly, yeah. this is a this is a season we weren't supposed to do this well. We got you, Davey Clowney, a guy who landed on our lap. Quandary Diggs, a guy we went out and got, fell on our lap. You're for, you're for some picks? I'm ready for picks. All right,
0: Chris Carson. I'm going to make some predictions. Chris Carson, 125 rushing yards okay, or more. Uh, two interceptions by the Seahawks defense, including one by our boy, Shaquille Griffin. I go Seahawks 35, Panthers 17. I think this is the first game of the season where, I, where you're going to feel comfortable in the fourth quarter. Okay, wait, second. Because last week you might have felt comfortable in the fourth quarter, comfortable to turn the game off and stop watching. <laughs> but but this one you'll feel comfortable that the Seahawks are going to win. All right, Eric. Uh, similar picks here. I have Seahawks 34, Panthers 12. All right. Uh, if you want to support the Seahawks. List, wait, did Kevin? Kevin send Oh, a pick? did Kevin do a pick? Uh, let me check. Kevin sent me an email with some information in it, but I think it was mostly movie club stuff. Let me check. I know Kevin uh, has us winning. Oh, yeah. Kevin picked Seahawks. Uh, he did not give a score. 47 um, to 2. Okay. So for, there are many uh, ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way is head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest. And for a little dollar twenty-four a month, get access to our Super Fun Picks podcast, our group chat on Facebook Messenger. And uh, we're thinking about moving to Discord. That's a, that's a discussion for a future day. But um, thank you to Michael. F, you uh, joined the the, the the team here th- with the $3 pledge and all the other Patreons. Let me re- get their names up. Um, I'm really bad at clicking, so it's going to take me a minute. <laughs> I was S- going to say, what's tough. what's going on J- James, over there? James, Tom, Lucas, Kerry, Richard, Bob, Kieran, Brett, Mike, David, Flocktomous, Keith, Michelle, Brian, Frank, and Nick. You guys are killing it helping us out and uh the group chat has, has been fun uh although it was very uh there's a lot of anger this this week yeah. <laughs> during the game I, a lot of
1: turning the game off i think off. my
0: my best quote was not going to lie the seahawks quit on this game at the end of the third quarter so so am i this is so my uh- <laughs> i i walked away from the game i did not watch the fourth quarter of the game until today uh so so i couldn't take it anymore i was like i'm just going to check on my phone and play with my kid i'm not going to i'm done <laughs> I'm done with this stupid. And game. And we have to watch the game because we talk about it so much. Yeah, like I, I, I knew I was going to watch it again anyway, so I was like, I'm going to have to watch it. That's the it only reason once. why I made it all the way through, just so I could. You I just, just wanted to get it over with. Yeah, rip off the bandaid. See, I couldn't take the commercials anymore. It only took me like four minutes to watch it because the condensed <laughs> game, the condensed game film is so short. All right, this week uh, movie club, we did awardsy movies. I think is what I called it. Um, these are movies that were up for big awards. Uh, the, uh, qualification I'm going to make is that he had to win or be nominated for like an Oscar, yes. uh, Academy award kind of quality of movie. Um, I'm just going to do Kevin's stuff first. Uh, Kevin's the ones he really likes, uh, Big Short, Spotlight, Wolf of Wall Street, Shoplifter, Whiplash, Her, 12 Years a Slave, Jojo Rabbit, Interstellar, and the documentary Icarus, which I also love. Okay. Um, do you want <clears throat> to, is there any of these you want to pick? pick out that you that you really liked as well
1: yeah i mean i have uh i have some similar yet different movies and yeah. i
0: think we're gonna oh like some like movies by the same directors and stuff like that, that well we're
1: no gonna... i i also have the wolf of wall
0: street Kay. in here what'd you like about wolf of wall street i mean come on man it's too long it's <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta get on my corner wait let me get on my corner Way you know long. but back, it, is a good, it is a good movie back
1: in the day of titanic when every man seemed to say, oh, Leo, what a, what a, what a girly man. What a, what a terrible name for, uh, saw him get, get an emaciated a bear, female. You know? Yeah. Then the Revenant. No, uh, he's become like one of our treasures, man. Leo's a great actor. He's an awesome actor. If Leonardo DiCaprio is in a movie, I'm probably going to see it. And it's probably going to be good. And Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, what it's, uh, this, was this Margot Robbie's first movie or first big movie, right? This is like her star-making movie. Yeah, I
0: think it like it was like her breakout role. I think that's a fair thing to say.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jonah Hill in a in a in a serious acting role, which is what he does now. I'm kind of over that a little bit, to be honest with you. But no, man, it's come on, it's. It's Wolf of Wall Street. It's a great movie. There's some really quotable lines. There's a lot of uh,
0: gifts and favorite, memes out there. My favorite thing about Wolf of Wall Street is actually not from the movie. It's a, it's a production story. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Okay. So you know that scene where they eat sushi? Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I and know. Leonardo DiCaprio's yes. eating sushi and uh, Jonah Hill. So in that scene where he punches Jonah Hill, he really like beat the shit out of him, and like Jonah Hill was like, "I know you're a method actor, but come on, man." That and, and Leonardo DiCaprio was like, "Okay, yeah, you're right." <laughs> so then to get back at him. Him and Scorsese, they were like, okay, he's method, so he's going to eat the sushi every time we do the scene, so we'll just keep doing it till he pukes. Oof. So they just kept, re- he kept messing up on purpose, and then he kept having to eat the sushi again to do the scene again, and then eventually he threw up, and he Scorsese, did apparently wow. Scorsese and Hill were just like cracking up, dude. <laughs> just, just losing their shit. And he's like, what? So that's my favorite Wolf of Wall Street story. It is a good movie, though.
1: Yeah, it's, no, it's a solid movie. It deserves to be on the list. Uh, do you want me to go into my list, or we can talk more yeah. about Kevin's?
0: Well, uh, do you have any other overlaps
1: with Here's Kevin? Here's the thing: there's there's other movies on here. Kevin's really good at hitting all the foreign movies. Uh, these are movies I don't watch, not because I Just, don't like foreign only films. only foreign film on here is Shoplifters. Shoplifters is one I haven't seen. You haven't seen it? It's no, good. I haven't seen Icarus either. He's um, really good about documentaries. Hey, I can kind of take or leave Icarus them. Icarus
0: is a really cool movie. Okay, because you know what's great, and the same thing's true of Tickled. Did you watch Tickled yet? No, no. Okay. Well, the same thing's true of Tickled. Is what what's what makes a great documentary to me is when you go in looking for a certain story and then you find the real story and that is Icarus. Icarus is a movie about a guy. He wants to learn about competitive, uh, about um, doping in competitive cycling. So he's going to dope. He's a good bicycle rider. So he's going to dope. And then he finds the real story and it's not what you think. And I, that's it. That's all I'm going to say. You should watch that movie. It, it slaps. It's so good. Ah. Like he wants to get into the underbelly of competitive cycling doping, but it turns into like something is so much... Is he a cyclist? So much... At all? Much bigger and like... Um, what else does he have on there? Uh, you pretty fast. Oh, uh, he's got... Kevin's got... A, he's got Jojo Rabbit, Big Big which Short, is new. I haven't Big seen Short that. Big and Short and Spotlight. Big
1: Short, I've never seen. Spotlight, I know what it is. I, it does not appeal to me. It may be one of the greatest films, but... It's just gonna bum me out.
0: Um, Okay, so okay, spot. Let me talk about these two movies because Kevin really likes both of these: Big Short and Spotlight. There, I think they're like two of his favorite movies. Um, And I, I so, Spotlight's really cool. It's the probably the best movie ever about like that that investigative reporter thing that sometimes movies do. It's probably the best one of those. I don't personally like go crazy for the movie because it's just not my thing. But I have to admit, like. It is really well done. It's super well acted, and it captures kind of a, a like a story of a real thing that happened. You know that was, it's, is insane. You know what I mean? Like this cover up for these sex abuse in the Boston area yeah. Roman Catholic priest is like it's nuts. And so I don't know. It's really good. It's really well acted. Ruffalo, Keaton, like they crush it in this movie. So I like it. I like Big Short better because I really like Adam McKay's uh, like directorial style um it's it's also like, moving away
1: from comedy to do it's,
0: yeah and i think like the the editing in this movie is cool the way he like broke the fourth wall to like bring the audience into what's really happening here and make it seem like hey you got to realize this isn't a movie it's also something that really happened like isn't this nuts like can you believe that this was the re- real thing that happened i don't know i think that's really um really cool because and i think like people didn't understand like subprime mortgages or collateralized debt obligations you know what i mean like those are things that people that when you watch you don't understand it and you watch this movie and you like legitimately learn something plus christian Bale, steve carell and gosling and pitt like they all crushed it in this movie there's yeah. really good acting i think the big short is a deadlock to make the top five of this list i'm um, fair because, I'm fine I, with because, that because I, sure. I would i would have said it too and i think kevin would would say it and i think I don't know. Spotlight is gonna. We'll see if it makes it. I think Kev Kevin was here. it would have a much better shot. But you know what? Maybe you should have a better immune system. I'm just kidding. Uh, then he no, said, but I think you're. What you about just... Whiplash? Did you Did you say Whiplash? Uh, no, wait. What is Whiplash? It's, the, um, it's uh, drumming uh, where the. Dr- uh... I did not make it all the way through Whiplash. Kay. Not so,
1: not because I didn't like it, but because I had to leave. Okay. Um,
0: Whiplash, I like, but one of my movies in my list is the same director. And it's La La Land. And I think people will make fun of me for picking I this movie. I never... No, a lot of people love that. And I never saw it. Okay, so... I didn't have here's, the opportunity here's the thing, to. Okay, so I love Damien Chazelle. He really understands how to, like, frame up a scene. And, like, make it look good. And, and like, when you think about, like... Technically how crazy some of the stuff they did in this movie like they did this that dance scene they did on the hillside where the light is like Incredible and perfect and there's not one lick of special effects on that stuff Yeah, and it's like whoa, this is this is pretty amazing and um, There's parts of this movie that are very very corny and it's I don't care. I don't care I'm willing to like look past those points of how corny it is because one thing I love about this movie is that it didn't sucker out for the happy ending, which is so common because there's something very real and honest about two people who really care about each other and like each other, but just happen to grow apart. And that's like, I think like a, a very like beautiful thing. And when you see that scene where like the, what if they would have stayed together, like the, that dance scene at the end, and then you come back and it's like, that didn't happen though, where they both went their separate ways and they both had really great lives anyway. And they both still really care about each other, but just just didn't happen, you know? And I, I think, I don't know. That's pretty... That's... The, the, the melancholiness of the ending. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and it's the direction in this movie is, is outstanding. I think it's Chazelle's best work. I mean, Whiplash has this frenetic intensity that I think is like... There's something to that. How intense that movie is. Without
1: finishing that movie, it's very intense. It's very... Um, it's It's a tense movie. It's almost like a thriller, right? Because it's it's abusive. It's a little too much. There's a lot of sound involved. They, they, they don't make any, uh, you know, bones about using the drums to pick up the tension. They'll mm-hmm. do that. Um, you won't notice it because there'll be a drum track playing in the background when someone's drumming. Uh, I didn't finish the movie. I feel kind of stupid about that. I don't know if I liked Miles.
0: Uh, what's Miles' his Teller name sucks. I don't. That, yeah, I don't know is, if I like his. That acting is my. Or. That is my drag. Thank of, you. Of, in general, just I just I just, it was I just, f- I just hate Miles Teller in general. It well, was fine for Miles me to Taylor walk away
1: and not try and keep watching that movie because I was like, you know what? Okay, everyone's good in this movie, but I mean, I don't I'm like going to I'm going
0: to tell you there's three movie four movies that have already made lists that would have been on this list too, that I uh, that I would have brought up. That's Get Out, Mad Max Fury Road inception and arrival mm-hmm. those are four of my top <clears throat> those are my four arrivals my favorite my favorite uh, or it's the movie i think is the best it's okay. not my favorite movie my favorite movie is hard-boiled but but it's the movie that i think is the best that movie is incredible on so many levels and so i obviously those would all be in for me but they all already made lists so i have to move down a level um did we put blade runner 2049 on the sci-fi list
1: i i don't know if we did you have to ask Kevin.
0: Dang it. If Ke- <clears throat> See, Kevin is our, our, like, uh, our records yeah, keeper. Yeah, he's our historian. So our this is going to get a little messy right here. Alright. <sighs> okay, there's All another right. movie that made a list that is not going to
1: be on this list even though it should, and that's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh yeah, one, it won the uh, Best Animated Feature. And that is a it's a great movie. It's one of my favorite movies. It was my favorite movie of last year, one of my favorite movie The Last Ten. I have to mention it. Inception's also here, like you said. Uh, Arrival, definitely up here. Hell or High Water, I enjoy
0: this movie so much, it made the crime list, yeah. which is why it's not here. Yeah, it's like I said, there's some movies that, that... I think what we made this category for was, was to give dap to some movies that we don't normally talk about very much, which is kind of like serious dramas. Mm-hmm. We don't talk a lot about too many serious dramas. And so I think that this is what, the, that's kind of where we're at here. So what did you get, any, what are some serious dramas that we haven't mentioned yet? Did you have There's any
1: one thing we have not mentioned through okay. any list? And I'm kind of shocked. We didn't, especially me. And <clears throat> it's going in this list for me. Are you ready? I'm ready. De Django. Oh, Django Unchained. Django Unchained. We right. always talk about this movie. Uh, producer Brett and I have some, a good running gag about this movie, but this movie is so good, and it deals with serious themes. It's funny in all the right Tarantino ways, in the in the way that you you'll kind of laugh about things. It'll make you smile because the violence is so cartoony, and then it hits you with such seriousness and just horrific humanity. Also, the acting in this movie is off the chain. It's some of the best acting I've seen in a while. It's why I love Leonardo DiCaprio. He plays a perfect villain, someone that you you kind of fall in love with, but you hate it at the same time because he's a despicable person. So I got to put J- J- uh, Django Unchained up
0: here. Uh, the Master. Oh, man. Not a movie you want to watch twice. <laughs> Here's the thing. You re- have, have you rewatched The Master? I have, and that's oh, one of my that's... points of why I brought this up. Okay, that, that's Be- a tough second the watch, master, dude. You're, you're hardcore. The Master gets
1: better with every rewatch. What? I love this movie. Dude, the first I... time, I was on the fence about it. The second time, I enjoyed I love- it. The third time... This movie's awesome.
0: I like that movie. Like I thought it was really well acted and really really good. But man, that is a uh, you're hardcore for coming after that movie a couple times. I pre- I appreciate you. You're It's extric- That's that's a I watched it about a month and a half ago which
1: in my time jerked, jerked in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. some of my favorite scenes is, you know, just Joaquin Phoenix talking alone with someone, usually Philip Seymour Hoffman, God rest his soul. Uh one on one. Those are some of the best scenes for me. Uh, another movie that <clears throat> we haven't talked about at all. This movie gets me because it's it's a Coen Brothers movie. It's almost like the epitome of a Coen Brothers movie. Are you about to Buster Shrugs? No. Oh, okay. I was like, uh, I don't know about this movie. Inside Lewin Davis. Okay. This movie deals with being a person that you can't help. It's basically something you you can't help your character. You cannot change your character. And that's what this movie is about. That theme is a big thing for me because I believe, um, just personally, I kind of believe we are who we were when we were in elementary school. There's, I think if that... There's that, some things you can't run away from. I, I yeah. kind of understand. And you, so. you are who you are. That kid that threw rocks at you on the playground and ran behind the teacher in the playground... That guy is doing that at an adult level right now. I guarantee you. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing to tell people when they're like, man, that guy's such a jerk. Can you believe what he did, Eric? And I'll say, have I ever told you the the story of the scorpion and the frog? It's a, it's a parable about character. And people will be like, what? And I'll just tell them the parable and then I'll walk away. Because I think it means something. And that's what Inside Llewyn Davis is to me. Uh, <laughs> one movie that I feel like Kevin would roll his eyes if he were here. Uh, he can roll his eyes from his
0: sickbed. I'm going to get shit for this. Ghost story. A I, ghost story. I effing hate this movie. I knew you did. Oh my gosh. Longest 90 minutes of my life. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> hey, is you know not. What? You know what? I said Wolf of Wall Street was too long. This movie was too <laughs> long. In fact, they should have cut all of it.
1: It is not a quick 90 minutes, which should tell you something. And I'm, I'm only bringing up this movie Oof. because it's not going to come up anywhere else. I thought that there was a lot of feeling and a lot of... Heart that it just took you 90 minutes to get to, and I loved that. Am I gonna rewatch that? No, I really like how it was filmed. I like that by the time the end rolls around, you figured out what was going on. I thought it was an important film. I don't know if anyone's even listening to this for me to talk about it, but I just had to bring it up, man. All right,
0: so that it will not be, I, I will not gonna, fight for this movie. I was gonna bring up a PT Anderson movie too, it was just Phantom Thread. Um, I think The Master is probably a better movie, but I just like Phantom Thread a little more. Have you watched this movie? No. Oh, I did watch. you like The Master.
1: I need to see this. movie. mean, but... it's,
0: Daniel, it's got Daniel Day-Lewis in it, too. So I'll tell you it's, this, though. It's good. Yeah,
1: it's Daniel Day-Lewis' DDL's last movie, supposedly. <sighs> oh, man. It is. Um... Until uh, Scorsese brings him out of becoming a cobbler
0: again. All right. I got to do it. Shape of Water. Okay. okay. Shape of Water won Best Picture. Gets Guillermo del Toro. It's, it's, so it's kind of self-indulgent. It's a movie about Cold War lady who bangs fish. Like it's, it's a little self-indulgent. The merman's yeah, dingus. It's a little, we- it's a little weird. But, but uh, Michael Shannon, Richard Jenkins, and Octavia Spencer. Like there's some really good acting in this movie. A uh, Desplat score is incredible. Such good score work. And Del- it's like, it's it perfectly encapsulate like what makes Del Toro so great. That like fairy tale sense of wonder and uh, like kind of. Uh, just beautiful, how beautiful everything looks in his movies, and, like... He can be hit or he miss. Made, he made a fish man, like, a, a real believable uh, protagonist in a movie, and I think that there's, like, something to that. It's uh, it's very impressive. Um, okay, Bridge of Spies. I don't, like... I don't maybe... You, people can make fun of me for this. Is this your ghost story? Sure, no. This, is not, <laughs> this movie is not, like... This movie is nothing like ghost story, okay? It's got... it's. Tom Hanks as, a, as an insurance lawyer, all right? But, but basically, I think Spielberg's really good. And I tried to think of a movie that I could put on this list that that Spielberg did. And I was like, okay, we got Lincoln. Man, we got, I've never we got even seen this movie. Um, I was like, no. Nah, I don't spies. know what this movie no, think, is. Now I think Munich's like an infinitely better movie. So maybe that, I don't think this should make our final list. But this movie is, is good. And uh, I think that it's worth watching.
1: I feel like Kevin would join me in saying this. Can we bring Munich into this list, even though it's not in the last ten years? <laughs> Munich is Munich is
0: super solid. Um It's a great movie. And uh okay. Then uh I really like the Hugo movie that Martin Scorsese made. I love Hugo. And that movie got an Academy Award nomination. What's that? So wow, I left twenty eleven. And I was like, I gotta I I gotta bring this in.
1: You know what? I'll let you bring that in. That's a great movie. Sasha Baron Cohen has a uh what it's his it's not his first. It's his first serious movie since Borat, mm-hmm. meaning uh, it's the. That's not his first, I guess, because he was in that uh, Johnny Depp, uh, the the demon, the the demon of Fleet Street movie. Yeah, the, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but it's it's Sasha Baron Cohen has a a smaller role in this movie. Uh, you've got uh, he's almost like one of the villains. You've got a, an unknown at the time playing the main character, and then you've got. Claire, oh, what is her name? Uh, Gracie, uh, Chloe, Chloe Moretz. Chloe yeah. Grace Moretz, uh, who's a, a fine young actor. Yeah, this movie is awesome. There's a lot of wonder. Beautiful sets done by Spielberg. Uh, makes you feel like it's not a set at all, which is a, a really good
0: sign of a, of a great movie. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up, Nathan. Yeah, I really like I really like that Hugo. Plus, I want like I said, I kind of approached this this one as like, what are some directors that I feel like I haven't got a chance to say like that I like yet? I didn't even think and, about Spielberg because okay, can we talk about The Irishman for a second? Speaking of things <sighs> that are too long, have you watched it? Yeah. Okay, I've not yet. Okay, it's like they could have cut 40 minutes of this movie without breaking a sweat, and I it would I've still be that. and it would still be really long. Like it still be like two hours 30 yeah, minutes, three but hours. Like, holy long. smokes, like they really went for it. There's like a scene. This is what I don't like is when you're watching a movie that's really long and there's a scene and you're like, like there's a scene where he flies in a plane to Detroit and they like, it's like a whole couple minutes long. And it's like, I know how people get places. You don't need to, (laughs) you don't need to show me how this person got here. Like I, I understand how flight works. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just so stupid. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's it that's that's what i wanted to say that, is I'm, it a good
1: movie though or is it just fine
0: um it's fine
1: yeah going back what would you think it's, of lincoln where's lincoln rate on this
0: Lincoln. so like i said i wanted to bring a spielberg movie in okay. and i was between lincoln and i don't like lincoln though yeah what is it about lincoln that we don't like because
1: it's just this not, seems like it's i would think not that good heaven might it's, be the same way
0: it's it's super i, I
1: think i think it panders at times I didn't like how it pandered, and I was shocked that it pandered, being Spielberg and Daniel Day-Lewis.
0: Okay, so now I have to t- tell you about the documentaries and international feature films that I that I really liked. So, I agree with Kevin. Icarus is an awesome movie. Free Solo. If you like the feeling of, like, having the your butthole be so tight because you're so nervous, that is a, an awesome movie. Uh, 13th, I think, is really good. Um, Citizen Four about uh, the guy with the Rubik's Cubes that stole the... the Ed, Edward Snowden. That's okay. A, that's a super solid documentary. Um, Exit Through the Gift Shop. Have you seen that one? No, I've heard about it. Exit Through the Gift Shop's pretty cool. It's about, I don't watch a lot about, of... It's about this guy. He's trying to find Banksy. And what's yeah. cool about it is he's making a documentary about finding Banksy, but... He, and he, find, he finds him, but the documentary turns into a documentary about the guy who's trying to find Banksy. Like, it's like... It totally flips on its head. It's it's awesome, dude. It's like a super cool hmm. uh, documentary. Um, foreign language movies that I've really enjoyed in the last 10 years. We already talked about Parasite last week. I think Parasite is um, is one that you can go with. I also like Shoplifters. I think Kevin's right. It's a Japanese film. It's really good. Um, and I don't know. There's not a lot else here that I want to talk about that... Um, incendies. Incendies. <laughs> was, technically, <laughs> a, was te- technically a foreign film. Did that get onto another list? Uh, yeah, we Damn, put it on the last I, one. I put it on the list. All right. Well, that movie's good. <laughs> it, it counts as... A, it was Canadian. So it got on, the, <laughs> it got on this foreign film list because it was made in French. Uh, it, I guess. French Canada. Um, okay. So it was Drake. Let's hammer out this list. All right. I say we go Big Short. I, I don't think we order it this time. I think we let Kevin I come agree. back and help us order it. Uh, Big Short. Big Short belongs on here. Wolf of Wall Street.
1: Yes. Okay. Um. That's two. You want to put La La Land on this? I do. Pretty bad. Okay, you're really you're really into that. So let's okay. do that. Can I put Django on here? Yeah, Django. That's four. Putting Django, and then what do you think Kevin's gonna fight for? I feel like he got one, maybe two on here, but we he all got kind two of agree. Already. Big Short in Wolf of Wall but Street. We all agree with that. Um, and I mean, he, not- knowing Kevin, he'd be like, "I'll be
0: honest. Okay, like, oh, I'm take not crazy off- about Wolf of Wall Street." If like Kevin would say like Spotlight instead of Wolf of Wall Street, I'd probably go for that's that. But what I, I think, think Kevin might I, do something. But I like think you would like to have Wolf of Wall Street. Eh, you well, really? I you're, mean, you're kind of ho ho on it. I enjoyed it's a good it, movie, but not a great movie. I to watched you. it once,
1: and that's saying I something. If have, I love it and it's a it's rewatchable like, it, movie, like,
0: I brought Hugo into this because I thought it was a better, for my taste, a more enjoyable movie than Wolf of Wall let's, Street.
1: Let's uh, uh, unless Kevin wants to put Scorsese, it on Scorsese. Like if I'm gonna pick a Scorsese, so let's go Big Short. We're going La La Land. We're going to Django. Spotlight. Spotlight. What's the fifth movie, Nathan?
0: Um, this is hard. I feel like I'm kind of. I feel like I'm you like, may I'm, have it's to pick hang, this. Hanging on the edge here. Um, let me let me look at my uh, let me look at my list again that I that I had up I here. can't
1: push anything except maybe The Master, but
0: I don't know if it should be top five. It's so close. That is a that is a good movie. It's movie really good. Really good. It's, it's uh, PTA. Maybe my favorite director, Paul Thomas Anderson. You, you you haven't seen Phantom Thread? I think you'll love that movie. I don't know if like you'll like it. More than uh, there will be blood, it's one of my oh, top three. There will be blood. That's well, that's one of my Remember top that, three movies at the of end of that time. movie. Paul Dano, Paul Dano is like, you know, that was written, written on, on the fly. fly. I'm like, really,
1: yeah, because they it was supposed to end with him being drunk in the bowling alley, and they said we have to do something, so they rewrote it and basically had Paul Dano come in and ask for money and kind of complete that that rivalry they had, and the the uh. The script a, it's not okay. verbatim, but it's real close. There's a
0: couple movies we haven't really talked about much that we could put into. This is the hardest list, I think, because there's like ten movies we could put here. Social network. You didn't uh, like it? I
1: thought it was good, it's but the, when Kevin talked to it like he was in the thready to kinda of talk, he was impressed by it, that movie does not hold up over time. What, especially that I don't like the subject of it. What, twelve years a slave? The movie's gonna bum you out, but it is a great movie. It's
0: got Fassbender too. Yeah, Fastbender makes everything. <laughs> I love better. Fassbender so much. I think this is gonna become a podcast meme where I just like <laughs> uh, how much, how much I like Fassbender. Yeah, Nathan um, loves Fassbender. We didn't talk about The Martian, the Sarcastronaut. Just for my personal, I've taste. not seen that I, movie. I love that movie. Not for me. Um, I, I say we go. I say we be go, go full self indulgent, Eric, and we just put Hugo on this list. And let Kevin, Kevin find out later. Yeah, and Kevin will be like, "You guys picked Hugo," and then we'll be like, "Yeah, bro." You know what, Kevin we picked Hugo. The one thing uh, there's there's a lot of good things about <laughs> Kevin like Garber. Hugo. It's like
1: a very like, it's a great kids it's, movie it's without a, being a kids movie. You're right? It's like a
0: it's very sweet. It it's a very very lot of well wonder. acted like Asa Butterfield, Jude Law, like Sasha Baron Cohen. I forget there's, Jude Law's in that movie. Jude Law, That's okay, right? I feel. Um, as strongly about jude law as i do about fast that should wow. tell you something about jude law i feel ve- i will watch jude law in anything uh, you see captain marvel I, um don't answer yes i saw captain marvel okay. which is all says a lot because i don't see every marvel movie do you yeah. know why i saw it though jude law jude law dude you'll I, come back as a dragon I, you'll come back as jude do you know what, law do you, know what, do you know what do you know what awesome jude law movie is spy, spy. <laughs> <laughs> another favorite no i
1: think kevin will appreciate this because kevin appreciates wonder um, I would not be surprised to have him
0: sign off on this. Hugo, it is. All right, Hugo, it is. So there's our top five: it's uh, La La Land, uh, Spotlight, uh, Django, Hugo, H- Hugo, and Big Short. Big Short. All right, for Kevin Garber, for Eric Ronerbeck. We will see you next week and go, Hawks.